and right. hack we apologize we are 11 minutes late everybody i am jeffy jeff of usdn who else we got joining us tonight i'm jennifer also from usdn and the queens of nerddom and i'm ej from usdn and uh from awesomeness can't argue fats <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to the United States Department of Nerds, where we are for the people, by the people, and of the people. We always strive here at USDN to bring you factual data, and if it's a rumor, we stamp it with a rumor alert before we give you the freshest info. However, once rumors are proven true here at USDN, bet your sweet asses we are slapping that stamp of approval on it. Absolutely. Welcome, welcome. Good I evening. Will never get tired of that. I know that's an excellent, excellent intro. Uh, and uh, <laughs> time for the uh, traditional uh, shots. <laughs> Following in the footsteps of our DFPM brethren, we uh, do a traditional shot to kick off the show with everyone. What are we drinking tonight, Jeff? Jeff is drinking the finest Nestle Splash lemon water. All right, take it only easy the, on that. Only, only the most exquisite water you could buy. <laughs> and Jen, what are you drinking tonight? I have some summer citrus Ciroc. All right. All right, and I'm going to be having I'm some really of the, uh, Blue Chair Bay Key Lime Rum for the first time. I'm going to try that out here. So, uh, mm. cheers. <laughs> the uh salute everybody <laughs> salute that's pretty good ah. that that's rock it's a smooth that's actually uh mm -hmm. that's dangerously good that's uh that may replace desserts and stuff <laughs> That's pretty good stuff. I know, actually I mean, grabbed one. I grabbed one too. Probably I was the like, I'll save that for later. Oh. All right, we got Willie out there drinking some peach Ciroc. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I like the Ciroc, Willie. It's good, huh? Okay. Love it. All right. So this is our Halloween part two. I'm Absolutely. lovingly calling this our monster mash. 
That monster mash. Because we did the I mash. Had the song playing. I know we should better. cut in with yeah. the song. It'd be perfect. But, monster um, mash. Anyways. Um, but we're continuing our spooky season, so we are all going to be talking about some of our favorite monsters, um, some movies that are uh, related to those monsters. But um, yes, and we love to hear your thoughts and your favorite monsters, too, in the chat. So please join us in our discussion. And just as a quick disclaimer here, of course, at USDM, we like to give you all the information we can, some obscure facts as well. But to avoid going down endless rabbit holes and being on here for three to five hours, we present to you information we think that you would find interesting or maybe something that you haven't heard before or something that we really like maybe to, you know, share with everyone. But um, other than that, you're welcome to go check the source material. Or if you know more, by all means, check in with us, share the information, post it up during the show. Or if you send it to us on our, uh, our page, we'll definitely share it with everyone else, give an update. So, um, yeah, just be be aware that we will give you everything we can. If not found here, you can always check source material or relevant internet sites or documentation. All right. With that, Jen, why don't Love you it. kick this off so, with your movie I monster? I... <laughs> that was an evil, evil laugh. All right. So, you know, I'm... I know. I have a cackle too. Do you want to hear my cackle? Maybe no, later. I'm not gonna do it. It's embarrassing. Anyways, um, maybe later. I have a I have a nice witch cackle. So, I was super happy. I know Halloween's over, and us talking about monsters got me really excited. And I have one monster that I just absolutely adore. Eric makes fun of me, but you guys, vampires. Vampires are my go-to monster. If there is a movie about vampires, I am watching it. Love it. As you love should. it. Love it. They're sexy. They're the best. It's something about them. I don't know what it is. Even, even when Nick Cage I mean, plays a vampire, it yeah. works. Nothing sexier than cold <laughs> dead people. Yeah, Not that people. movie though. <laughs> Not that movie. <laughs> 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 Not, Not that one. All of them, <laughs> but the terrible. Nicolas Cage ones. Mm. I'm gonna, that's actually, awesome the the renfield one wasn't bad i actually i that's it was true. entertaining i liked it, it was i was surprised and, by kate nick cage in that actually yeah better than uh a good it, surprise it, it honestly it, it was i i actually enjoyed that one too yeah it is funny and, and, and still still had some good good stuff in it and I, I like the twist of how Renfield like would eat bugs and it would make him like super strong and powerful. Like that was his his gummy berry juice, so to speak. I really I, I like that a lot. I was his like, oh, that was spinach. a cool twist. His yeah, spinach. His spin can yeah, his spinach, spinach and, and, a, and a roaches. Renfield's roaches. Ooh. <laughs> so anyhow, um, so vampires. So. By definition, uh, they are a mythical creature, okay, that survives by feeding on the essence, or in most cases, blood of a living host, right? Um, that has been in our culture and various other cultures for hundreds of years. Dare I say, could it be one of the oldest monsters hmm. on our list? Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I think werewolves would probably have a close uh, I think second. They're probably running like. 
Yeah, they're, they're probably running. But I think the vampires might have it, it week, so to speak. Don't the yeah. Egyptians have uh, relevant myths about vampires? So that might take it back a little bit further than werewolves. Quite possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not positive, but I think I the Egyptians dig into had it. a form of vampiric uh, myth, though. I don't. It, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I kind of know. What, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the myth. Yeah, like, I mean, my there's head, probably but... an actual name and so forth for it. But oh, yeah. Once again, yeah. a rabbit hole that somebody could educate us on. Sure. Um. So probably in no particular order, one of the uh, uh, vampire movies I really enjoy is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Came out in 1992, but this is I'm weird. But everybody likes their, their rom-com romance movies. This is the movie that I go to when I'm feeling all lovey-dovey and romantic. I think it's one of the most um, amazing romance stories. And I remember reading articles about how um, Gary Oldman took this part just so he could say the line, I have crossed oceans of time to find you. And I was like, Gary ah! Oldman, fucking classic. Ah! He's classy. Yep. It is. There's actually stuff on Etsy that you can buy that has that quote on it. Let's mm. <coughs> say Brem Stokes is my favorite. <laughs> I mean, as far as the whole, the whole system, you know, especially as far as the uh, more modern media of vampires, I think Brem Stokes Dracula yeah. is my favorite. Or maybe Dracula Untold. Dracula Untold is great too. That's actually my next one. Um, so that one came out in 2014. Um, I'd like a moment of silence for the death of the dark universe. That Thanks, you, Tom died. Cruise. Thanks, Tom Cruise. There was other reasons why it died, but you know, hey. Anyways, um, I the thing I loved about Dracula Untold is that uh, I liked seeing almost the vampire's perspective from like his abilities. Um, the 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 um the sounds and and the, how much the light hurt his eyes and and his skin and everything I I love that and it was almost like a I don't know like a more recent telling but it had like more of a modern effect to it than like a lot of the old um, Dracula movies and come on Luke Evans did an amazing job he's awesome yeah. in it absolutely loved it and Charles Dance any movie with Charles Dance is worth a watch guys anything with him. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. Yes. You know, anything. He did a short, a short bit on that uh, last Underworld movie, and still, he's awesome. You know, hey, he's Underworld, that's like another. Hey, more vampires. So you guys just keep uh, jumping to all my movies. I love it. So Underworld, honestly, has my most two favorite monsters, vampires and werewolves. I think I probably dressed as Celine for Halloween for I don't know how many years after this. I wanted to be Celine. I'm like, she's so fucking cool. Love her. Can't um, even be mad about that. No. Right? And and the um, I wanted to be Celine too. I don't I can see you. pulling that off, EJ. I, I try. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it. And the um with the, the I, whole cat suit. Go I'm for good. it, man. So I, I know a lot of people have feelings about this series, but I um I loved all of them. Blood Wars wasn't my most favorite, but I, I loved 
the Underworld movies and Rise of the Lichens. I think they're just phenomenal movies. I love their Rise take of on the, the Lichens the is so underrated. It is. It really but is. Willie brought up some good questions for you, Jen. Yeah. But... Well, Willie brought up a good point, and I thought maybe in her your research, Jen, you came across it. You know, there's differences in the levels for vampire bite. Whether or not you become a vampire, whether or not you become a thrall. I don't know if many people know what that is, or if you become just dead. So Yeah, well, the troll is the, like, you you don't quite go through the full transformation. <laughs> well, yeah, a thrall of... is like a, a low level. Like, they're not fully, the, I guess it's more of a mix between a zombie and a and a vampire. Like, he's he's not all here anymore, and he still has, like, the strength and the bloodlust, but he's not... Yeah, not, he, they know. don't have the mental capacity. Yeah, they don't have the mental capacity. They don't have the ability to change others. So Blade One had a. But, I mean, did you get it. any more information, Jen? What? I was, I was the types of bite. He asked, like, you know, or he was mentioning the different type, you know, levels of bite. You don't want to just end up being a meal, you know. It's like, did, was well, there the, anything it, that indicates a difference? It depends. Like usually when it it comes to the different vampire movies I've watched, it's usually a blood exchange. It's not just a bite. Mm. Um, I know there are some movies where it's just a bite, but um, a lot of the vampire lore, it's usually an exchange of blood. Mm. Exchanging bodily fluids. I think this is a... So I actually, on my, I made a list of monsters I wanted to talk about, and the transferring of blood is a good segue into the reapers from blade two who mm. if they bit you you just automatically became another reaper yeah they're more like an infection right it was an infection yeah, yeah. it was a bloodborne like infection we're like jen's talking about the traditional yeah. where it's more of a myth mystical or, like a a, a a curse being handed or, off not biological yes willie are you talking about twilight yeah i don't think he's twilighting willie doesn't come off is. as the twilight type but he did I love ask, the sparkly he did vampires, ask what your favorite though. Dracula is. Yeah, that's the, the question we're all waiting to answer. Which but, visual adaptation of Dracula is your favorite? Um, visual would be Bram oh, Underworld. And then probably my favorite book is in the Anne Rice novels. Mm. Anne Rice. Ugh, you guys make my book nerd come out. So Anne Rice had a real... Her... Um, Interview with the Vampire series, where usually the the main character is the vampire Lestat. She has uh -huh. many many books, but how the vampires are made are really interesting. The vampires are actually all infected with the same demon, and this demon is actually when Lestat, or maybe it was Akasha when Akasha was talking about it, because it's Akasha and um I can't remember her husband's name. So the demon was bigger than the sky. So every time that there's a new vampire made, a piece of that demon is drawn into them, but they're subsequently weaker than Akasha and her mate. So yeah, I think that's they, why... In, in the Anne Rice series, those two were the originals. Yeah, they actually Even turned like, stone. I think all of the books are actually mentioned Lestat, though. It's not like... He's in every he's book to some degree. Character. Yeah. Because even Queen of Probably. the Damned, the movie was all about the vampire Lestat. Um, mostly, but had Akasha in there was mm -hmm. one of the primary characters. But honestly, if if you're gonna read any of them, I would probably recommend uh, Memnock the Devil. 
is probably one of my more favorite vampire <clears throat> movies or not or books um by Anne Rice but um but the vampire Lestat I think is um no, I think it's Interview with the Vampire, then the Vampire Lestat, and then I think it's Tale of the Body Thief. I think might be the third one. But the, actually, it's a great it's series one. if you guys are are interested in um, reading some vampire books. And Anne Rice uh, really puts a lot of heart into the um, the vampire lore. And the, oh, look at the, there. We answered Lily's like next the, question automatically. Playing Queen of Kasha and Queen of the Damned is my... You know, yeah, Leah she, slayed she that did an amazing job. I mean, it. If you love that movie and her playing it, the book is, as always, a thousand times better. There was actually a lot more is, uh, to the really book. Reading. But she yeah. brought that character to life that, like, in a special sort of way. Like, I don't know. She she embodied it. Like nobody else can do it no more. Aaliyah was it. Like every now and then, somebody comes along and plays a character, and they do it so well, nobody can ever touch it again. That was Aaliyah. So Jen's favorite Dracula I, is from the book. Probably the Underworld vampires. Yeah, probably visually the Underworld. Um, but my favorite vampires will always be Anne Rice because she put so much thought and just stories behind her her vampires and everything. Just, just highly recommend them. They're amazing. Sorry. Oh, and I do have some honorable mentions. Do you have some honorable mentions that? Well, let's let EJ quite... tell us who his favorite vampire is first, and then we'll come to your honorable mentions. Let's let's okay. answer. Your... Uh, my favorite visual adaptation of Dracula is probably Dracula Untold, and it's close. I mean, it's a struggle because Bram Stoker's Dracula, Gary Oldman plays Dracula on, but they're two different periods of Dracula, though. Like that's why I kind of lean more towards Untold, is because that's Vlad's beginning. Uh -huh. So you get to see his humanity and everything still intact. Whereas yep. Gary Oldman's playing much later as the curse has gone on and it's been, you know, hundreds of years. His his level of give a shit has gone to the toilet, except uh -huh. for Mina. Yep. But I mean, you you know, he does that so well when he brings it to screen. He brings Dracula in this this, this level of class. But Visually, the most impressive is still Dracula Untold, I think. It shows from um, the, the standpoint of when he first gets his abilities, you get the insight of his overwhelming senses, um, how he's trying to adjust to hearing everything, seeing everything as rapidly as he can, as he does. You know, his, he's trying to get a hold of moving. And I mean, it's, it's impressive. It's kind of like seeing that whole um, training montage, but it's, you're, you're seeing the whole development and mm -hmm. he doesn't even know how how powerful he is. And then you see the the bloodlust hit him for the first time. The eye of the tiger he, playing in the background. Exactly. You, you really can. can. It's dun, so dun, good. Dun, I mean, dun, he does such a dun, good job dun. of showing. You know, it's not a big deal up until the fact when the bloodlust hits him around someone he loves. Mm -hmm. Then it. Warm then you see pie. the other side of the curse. Like it seems like everything's great up until that point. So that's why it's my favorite. Mm -hmm visual adaptation is it shows his very beginning the learning to be a vampire and then the the realization of why it's a curse all in one 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 flow so that's why I, that's probably my favorite visual adaptation willie ej answered my for me as well 
So with that, let's turn it back over to Jen and give her, <laughs> her honorable mentions. Thanks, CJ. So um, actually one of my other movies that, um, well, two movies actually that if it's on TV, that's what I'm watching is I'll always watch Fright Night, 1985. Yes. I love it. it it's, it's on. I'm watching it. Fright Night's on. You bet. Yeah, I'm watching it. And then obviously The Lost Boys. Oh, Ab beautiful. Absolutely love The Lost Boys. Not like Great your pick. classic vampire, but yeah. Um, no, actually, my honorable mentions are uh, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows. Give them to hey. <laughs> I love that show. It should not awesome be too. so funny. The movie's awesome, too. It's great. <laughs> I love that movie so much. If you guys have never watched. <laughs> What we do in the shadows, you absolutely have to watch it. it is yeah, awesome. the Lost Boys soundtrack is probably one of the sound best soundtracks yeah. ever put on a movie. And the guy playing the saxophone. The saxophone. The saxophone. Yeah. With the pink spandex pants on. He just who knew? Oh. That's all. Hey, you know he's famous for that one thing. <laughs> That's all he had to do. That's it. Like and he me. literally has a cult following. Yeah, that that thing where you're like God puts everyone here for that God. one purpose. That, that was, was his one purpose. purpose. Pink spandex. <laughs> it's the saxophone, just blaring in a Lost it's... Boy movie. And he embodied um, that role. He did. Forever, he will yep. always be the saxophone guy. Um, uh, Interview with the Vampire. Although it's my favorite book, the movie's not as great as the books. The um, the new twist on it on AMC is um, I would say worth a watch. I enjoyed it. Um, and then Near Dark. I don't know if anybody remembers that movie. That's an Near excellent, Dark. Excellent pick. Nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, That's um. It's very gritty. Very uh, dark. <laughs> yes. Take um, on modern vampires. It's awesome. Yeah, that. Um, I have to check that oh, one out. I don't uh, think I've seen it. Bill Paxton's in it, actually. He played... it. Actually, no, I think I did um, see that one. Lance Henriksen. Or yeah. Hen yeah. Lance Henriksen and um, what was our brother from Heroes? Adrian something. Yeah, the older brother and Heroes. Yeah, the um, older brother. He was the main character. I mean, good guy. But um, that's that definitely guy. another. Yeah, that that guy. That guy. Um, that is that another. Um, huh? Nothing. <laughs> um, so yeah, so those are my favorite picks of uh, so vampires, and then those are some of my favorite movies, favorite books. Definitely, if you guys have watched them, definitely recommend them hundred percent. I agree; those were great picks. All one hundred and ten percent great shit, right? I there. actually yeah. like the new version of Fright Night too. I mean, uh, Anton, yeah. Yelp, Yelp, EJ, Yelp. your turn. Oh, my turn. No, anyway, but tell us your statement. That. The the modern or the modern version or the remake or whatever of Fright Night, uh, Anton, what is it? Anton Yelchin. Anton Yelchin. He did a really good job. I mean, uh, he's different than your original Charlie, but yeah. it, it, it's it, he does a good job. I mean, if you've watched any of his stuff, you saw he always put one hundred and ten percent in. Uh, rest in peace. He's a you know, it's it's very sorryful that he we lost him so young, but. He gave some great performances in his in his time with us, but uh, Colin Farrell actually redeemed himself from for me in a lot of his <laughs> other roles, like a phone booth. Almost maybe one. I mean, so good. I was about to go look for him myself. 
Oh, Black, what up? Um, <laughs> the owner, proprietor, all around great fucking guy. Mac is in the house. Hello, everyone. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good. Fabulous. Thank you. Oh, that's, that's a good awesome. one, Kevin. How are you doing? Yeah, Last Voyage of the Dementor. That's on my watch yeah. list. That's really, yeah, good one, uh, Kevin. That's a really good that was. I was recommend that impressed. one too. Love uh, that. For such a s small portion of the Brem Stoker story, they took that. And I was at, at first, I was like, how are they going to make that into a yeah. whole feature length movie? And they pulled it off. I mean, it it's a uh, it's suspenseful so enough. And uh, even though you may know the end result, you're still, you know, rooting and, and pushing for different things, you know, like, oh, don't do that. Even though you're like, oh, man, we know the ship ends up being a ghost yeah. ship as it rolls into London Harbor. You know, it's like we know from the story, but you're watching it and you're like, oh, come on, you're going to die. You know, still they did a good job. fight the good fight. Yeah, I Solid love that movie. They movie. did it really well. I gotta watch it. What what's it on? What's it streaming on? Prime, I think Prime has it. We Is bought it, it off Prime. Yeah, we bought, we bought it off it. Prime when it came out because yeah. you know we're horror fans. If it if it's got any mm -hmm. decent looking, <laughs> mm -hmm. doesn't look like it was made on a home video camera, we'll we'll pretty much. Check uh, I'm it with out. you. Yep. Sometimes what's wrong with those? <laughs> is like you know they had one camera it's like their mom's old sony handheld no it's an old uh what is it the old eight eight millimeters or whatever yeah kelvin yeah. what you sipping on tonight man since you missed the shot earlier yeah i missed the shot so i'm gonna catch up uh i'm gonna continue from last night so i have some dewars okay 12. Break out so, the fancy glasses for this guy. Well, actually, no. it was just it was Here. left over because we celebrated last night. But oh, okay, we're <laughs> celebrating on. Cheers! What's going on? In, what's going Congratulations! On? Congratulations. Yeah, a solid week, bro. Like, we, oh, we, we have a fucking definitely solid all week. around. USDN, we're gonna save all that good shit to the very end, though, because we <laughs> we we've had a fucking week of weeks. And ladies it's still and gentlemen, going, by the way, the final shots and thoughts tonight are going to be full and bountiful for everybody. But with that, EJ, let's roll into your good. All right. Okay. So during our uh, first Halloween, uh, All Hallows Eve special, I kind of went all into outer space and then brought it back down with the uh, Afflicted movie. So I was into, that's my favorite monster. Okay. So the thing will always be my favorite monster, but I already did him. So we had to go somewhere else. Uh, Afflicted, I kind of touched on that and Jen's already gone the vampire route. So I was like, hey. Um, honestly, I love lichens, uh, lycanthropes, uh, shape changers, werewolves, they're, they're, they're excellent, but I know, you know, we've heard that. So I went, I wanted to talk about someone who doesn't get a lot of respect in the horror movies. Um, he's always been shoved, shoved over into action now, you know, but he, he's an OG and I think we need to, I think we need to put some respect on his name. Okay. So. I went back and I brought up Godzilla. Okay. Um, <laughs> Godzilla. You all My know. AKA Gojira, King of the Monsters. Gojira. Um, Kaiju Gojira. Supreme. Gzilla in the hood. Uh, on Monster Island. That's in the hood. Um, God Z hmm. is his Wu Tang name. Zilla the God. 
Um, yeah, like, Zilla the God. Like I mean, he, he got a lot, okay? People just sleep on him. He first debuted 1954 with the movie Godzilla. Since then, he's blown up. I mean, 34-plus full-length movies, man. 34-plus Godzilla. I mean, come on. He's Four. known everywhere, okay? Four movies alone he this He stepped year. on somebody's house on every continent in this world, okay? Four of them this year alone will come exactly. out. Exactly. He's got three animated films, uh, four-plus animated series, dozens of screen cameos from other features, award shows, specials. I mean, Godzilla's <laughs> been – he's even got his lifetime achievement. Well, he's tough, he he got his award. I mean, he's been everywhere. Um, when it comes down to it, you know, they weigh a lot of these other horror bad guys like Jason and Michael and who's got the highest body count. Godzilla stomps them all, literally. He's got over 20 million body count. All right. I mean, he's destroyed Tokyo. I don't know how many times. I mean, that's a lot of little Japanese dudes getting smashed. All right. Over and over and over again. It's 20 million people, over $5 trillion in damages. I mean, he don't play. I mean, look at look at his list of people he stomped. All right. The Japanese Defense Force. I don't know how many times he stomped them. They you even had came up with weapons that... Don't make any kind of sense to try to fight Godzilla. Hey, they created a Mecha Godzilla to they, try to yeah, fight him. They created a Mecha Godzilla. They got those weird little dish trucks with the lightning bolts on it that really don't do anything but make him mad. Um, he's beat the United States Armed Forces multiple times. Easy. Multiple times. And I we mean, tried to nuke him. Random alien spaceships back in the old school. You know, he's smacking them out the sky. Um, yeah, let's see. He's beat dozens of unnamed kaiju from like the spider guy, the mantis. I'm sure they all have names, but the only one they ever give him palms though is Kong, like Willie is saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, you go down the list. Okay, Zilla. I, if you've ever watched Godzilla: Final Wars, I don't know if you know who Zilla is. Zilla is that sorry ass wannabe from the Sony Pictures. Yeah, that's well, why I said Godzilla Zilla God. in, that, in uh, Godzilla: Final Wars. Doesn't even take a fight. He just kind of just gets rid of him. Um, he's beat Gigan, Megalon, Ibira. He's beat up Kong. I mean, Kong's gotten him at least one good fight. But overall, yeah, Zilla stomped him. I don't know how many times in the old school one. I mean, he buried him in rocks, and then he ends up throwing him in the ocean. I mean, Kong just needs to stop. Wasn't there um, a, um, a a versus that we watched? Do you remember that show that we watched? It was a versus King Kong versus Godzilla, and it said the biggest reason that Godzilla always beats him is because of his um his uh the gamma blast. Yeah, I mean that the he gamma does blast. radioactive fire. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a giant gorilla. I mean, gorillas are flammable. Well, I always, I mean, I always thought that. King Kong had the um, the dexterity and the agility. Yeah, and they showed him, that. But, yeah, You're right. The last movie did yeah, show that really well. Where they put the, the two list. against each other. Yeah. They showed that Kong's agility and his uh, uh, ability to use tools and kind of like strategize in his fight gave him a little bit of an edge. But when it comes down to it, he's going to have to come to blows. And although he could throw some punches, you're dealing with – it's kind of like if you saw – um, a chimpanzee versus like a, a Nile crocodile. All right, he's going to get some blows in, but overall, it's are the blows doing anything really through the armor? And then you got the tail, the bite, the claws. He's going to. I mean, there's only so long that King Kong can keep going. The the weapon helped. 
You know, yeah, when he had did. that axe, yeah. that helped. But I, I mean, think, I think that. Yeah. But even then, at the end of it, he he bowed down and he yeah. ended up protecting Godzilla. There's a reason Godzilla. why you know Godzilla king of the monsters, man. That's just what he is. And that's why Kong will always be the guy who protects the home in the hole yeah. in the ground of Godzilla. Yeah, I mean they're they're cool. He's they're, the cool right, uh, they're cool right now. The beef has been squashed as far as the last movie yep. goes. I don't know. So, I don't know. <laughs> it could come back. We don't know. <laughs> But That's uh, yeah, the list of all the people he stomped goes long, and some of them even had King in front of their name, like Kong or uh, King uh, Gadira. But they they all lost that title, as far as I'm concerned. There's only yeah, there was one even King a point when um, Mothra gave a uh, Godzilla a fucking run for it. Yeah, I mean, back in the day, even Rodan fought him. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of mm-hmm. uh, one of the ones that gave him a biggest fight, and it's it's hard to find because it's you you only got the Japanese release is uh. Godzilla versus Destroya. It's spelled really terribly. It's Destroya or something. Yeah. You know. Deontay. Like Deontay. Yeah, it's English. Oh, what up? Destroya. So that one's actually that that gives him a really good fight. Um, and it also has a, a bleed off that the humans actually have a purpose in that movie because Destroya is able to release all these little versions to and like destroy stuff and is, then they get bigger so it kind of humans have something like to do Hedra? besides just huh isn't he just yeah. like the hedra though he's no, just he like, monster looks zero, like godzilla right? with with big dragon wings mm-hmm. like and wings, he's, kind, he's right. real thick he's real like uh thick and red and he ha- it looks like a mouth on his chest almost too like i'm thick. you get a chance i mean it's hard <laughs> to find it is it's hard to find but destroyer is probably one of his bigger fights um, because I think Destroyer actually hands him his ass for a little bit. It takes a while for Godzilla to get get in there. He, he um, figured it out, though. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I think it takes two Godzillas to beat him, if I remember right. So his son and him both fight, and I believe it's his son that ends up getting killed. And then Godzilla goes thermal nuclear on him, and although he defeats Destroyer, he dies afterwards as well. I think that's what um, minus one is about the, the, new, the newest ass. Japanese. Um, yeah, film. that's a very dark one, kind of like Shin Godzilla. Uh, Shin yeah. Godzilla is all about, I mean, basically mm. Godzilla coming to just cause death. But there's a lot of re- iterations of Godzilla. Godzilla started as basically, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, a fable of what what. Harming the planet and using nuclear power could do. Basically, mm-hmm. the Japanese had seen up close and personal what uh, radiation and nuclear power could do and the effects of atomic bomb. I mean, generations after Nagasaki and Hiroshima, people were still being born, deformed, dying. Right. Um, radiation poisoning killed, you know, hundreds of thousands for years to come. I mean, the initial bombs killed, you know, about 200,000 people. But the devastation from mm-hmm. the sickness and disease and long-term effects of radiation killed thousands and thousands more. So that's where a lot of that came into what built the idea of Godzilla coming up into, you know, kind of uh, punishing man for what he had, what he had made, what he had done. Right. Um, there's a lot of re- iterations that come from that. I mean, Godzilla, the, if you go back far enough in myths to like uh feudal Japan or ancient Japan, they had myths of uh, giant sea dragons. Um, the Ryukyu Islands, basically Okinawa, it's known as Okinawa now, but the Ryukyu Islands is basically named Ryukyu for the for the dragon islands. 
it's basically supposed to be from come from a sea dragon is why the islands are formed. So all those ideas bled into what became Godzilla. And then now today we have our version of Godzilla as a, you know, a Titan or Kaiju from the center of the earth that kind of like mother nature's weapon. So like I said, he's branched off from being horror initially in the fifties, all the way, I'd say up until about the, the late sixties, he was primarily just horror. He was a bad guy. He came uh-huh. in, destroyed everything, killed everyone until they, you know, they beat him back into the ocean. Um, but then he started taking on more of a role of like, hey, I'm the only guy that gets to destroy Tokyo. So other monsters would come, he'd get in a fight, they'd leave, you know, and then he'd he still like, destroy hey, Tokyo. Hey. <laughs> Those mine. are my people to destroy. Hey, hey, back mine, up. Bro. Go, go. But, back, um, back, back up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my hood. I destroy this hood. Put in your work. Yeah. I pumped drugs here, bro. Go somewhere else. <laughs> so, like I said, I wanted to bring him back, uh, get some respect on his name. I mean, to this day, they even brought a space version of Godzilla down, and he wasn't even good enough to fight Godzilla. Godzilla still kicked his ass. So, all in all, um, he's my choice monster. He's been around since before all of us were born in the in the main media, and uh, he's still kicking and actually coming back with a movie that's coming uh, coming up soon. Um, and Kong's going to get to be in it too. So we may see some of the answers to even Willie's questions or like Caitly said, the beef ain't over yet. We'll see for the next movie coming out. Um, yeah. So the Japanese just released one. Go ahead, Jeff. The Japanese just released one of their two, I think Godzilla movies that are coming out. Plus there's the series coming out. And then I think there's a movie coming out early 2024. So there's literally like five to six different ones. Yeah, because, I mean, Toho Pictures got the rights back. So finally, the last two movies that came out in Japan is Toho Pictures taking taking the reins again back and making uh, Godzilla the way the the Japanese version of Godzilla. So he'll look a little different, closer to his original style Mm -hmm. than, than what you've seen in the Hollywood movies recently. But yeah, um, even and recently, now, the Hollywood movies, they signed on board with Toho mm-hmm. and agreed to cooperate with them on all the Godzilla movies going forward. So anything being made in the U.S. is going to be shaped somehow by Toho. Yeah, it's going to reflect. And that's good because you want the story consistency. I mean, when you're building your universe, you know, yeah, um, yeah Legacy of Monsters. Is that the series, Willie? I think Willie's. I think that's the with- animated series. Yeah. So, I mean, they got all sorts of stuff going on. Um also, just for uh, everyone who's into comics, uh, DC just dropped the recent uh, Godzilla versus Superman versus versus Justice, Justice League. League. Yep. So, I mean, that just what? lets you know they yep. got to call out the whole league to face Godzilla. You know, and for 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 uh, you know Godzilla, that that's just a that's a light Tuesday. You know, oh, anyway. that's the Apple TV series that is dropping. Um, so that was my oh, pick. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you have anything else on Godzilla, you got any? Uh, references i mean um information movies that we should check out like i said if you like the old school stuff you like the toho japanese versions check out godzilla versus destroya um if you like the newer stuff we got the new stuff coming out now uh next year uh, it's going to be a continuation of the recent king kong versus godzilla so uh we'll see where that goes from there um, and i want to say dynamite just dropped a brand new godzilla comic as well Oh, okay. Okay. It's like a, I don't want to call it a reboot, but it kind of is. So it's like an, is it starting like an origin story again or? 
I think so. I haven't had oh. a chance to sit down and read that one yet. I'm a little behind, but they did drop one. I know a lot of people were looking forward to the DC crossover event, and seems I like just that, picked that up. Yeah, some it of the art looks amazing. I think a week ago or two weeks ago, something like that. So it's on my to read list. Okay, that's Deontay's got some good points. How about um, Godzilla versus some of the uh, dragons? Those are good see. too. Yes, Deontay. Those are some yeah. of the more recent yep. um, iterations, and they did. I mean, when it comes to effects like that, I think that Toho has always been excellent with their practical effects, especially using the perspectives to their advantage. They're able to use practical effects and things that we completely use CGI for now. And uh, I mean, of course, if you pay close attention, you can you can still see a lot of it, but they still they are able to immerse you in the world and the events using miniatures and perspective. Uh, well enough to where it still holds up today for a lot of those movies, especially the ones Deontay just threw up for us. Those are some of the new, like in the 2000s, and they they did a great job of using those those special effects to make those movies still hold up today. So, but that, that's all had... I got. So I don't know if we're going to Jeff or Black. Who's going next? So we are going to be let going to Jen so she can give her thought real quick, and then we'll be jumping over to Kelvin, who is going to be covering. What well, would have been Tay's pick, but I also want Kelvin to also give his. My so pick Jen. is Tay's pick. Okay, so Jen, <laughs> let's head over to you first and let you get your thought in, and then we're going to um, Kelvin. You know, my only thought is I want to address something that Deontay said, having Godzilla against some of the um, dragons that are in Game of Thrones. You know, Deontay, I think the only thing that you're going to have an issue with with like Balerion, the Dread, and then Vagar is, although they're flyers and they have the dragon fire, I think a lot of them, especially I think it's Vagar that you see in um, the most recent um, uh, Game of Thrones is that um, I don't, he's so big, I don't think he's going to be able to bank and maneuver fast enough to avoid Godzilla's gamma blast. Yeah, he's in a, my he's opinion. He's done. He he he, he survives about three he's, seconds yeah. into it. Yeah, I I, I don't I think mean, and then I mean the dragon fire is definitely something to be not to be trifled with. I mean, we know, I mean that's from Godzilla's the Lord, like, chicken on a stick. Fire. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean the flyer thing. I mean, maybe if you have multiple dragons attacking Godzilla at the same time, but honestly, I I don't think that he gonna... lives in the mantle in the core of the earth. It's not. Yeah, gonna you got to kind of look at too. Like Ghidorah is a three-headed dragon, basically. But if you yeah. notice when they got into it, as it came down to the melee, okay, came to hand to hand. The one thing that was keeping Ghidorah, Ghidorah from losing immediately was he had three heads. Okay, so. Two could grab on while the other one was still fighting and trying to bite it. But if you look at the dragons from Game of Thrones, they are not built for melee. Okay, when it comes, if they come in close contact with Godzilla, all it takes is for him to be able to get a hold of them. Once he's got a hold of them, well, the fight's over. I mean, you're talking well, about you someone that's tail. able to. He, he push. He he's taken his enemies and force their faces through a skyscraper, okay? The dragons won't stand a chance. I mean, the yeah. amount of power More behind that. For him to step on King Kong's chest and crush his chest cavity, the amount of strength and size is beyond anything that Game of Thrones can imagine. 
they, the dragons would be about the same size as the the Mutu in the first Godzilla that was the United States version. I think it's 2014. Was it 2014? The U.S. reboot of Godzilla. But anyway, yeah, Mutu was those two things that kind of looked like a mix between a bug and a bat. The smaller of the two would probably be about the same size as the Game of Thrones dragons. And that thing got swatted into a building by Godzilla's tail and died. Are, yeah, but are you thinking of Daenerys dragons? Or are you thinking of Vagar and Blarian? Because they're Vagar's huge, huge, no doubt. House Vagar's of dragons, huge. they show him. Okay, he's enormous. He's shit. But that would make him even less capable of staying out of Godzilla's grasp. The smaller ones, I think, have a better chance of hitting and running. You're not going to hit and run. I mean, yeah, Ghidorah's huge. Ghidorah was enormous. He's bigger than Godzilla. Yeah. And Godzilla was stomping him as soon as he got his hands on him. He just had to get his hands on him. I don't know. We might I'm have to sim with... this one. Yeah, yeah I'm kind of with that. I think Danny's dragons do, maybe. They have a lack of oh, they're, arms. They're not alive. Right. They have no arms. And one head. They're actually... I, I'm kind of leaning towards Willie's statement, too. Yeah. Like, Godzilla alone would bring the Seven Kingdoms together. And they'd all lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's just too Godzilla's big. Godzilla's eating good tonight, boys. The most recent iteration. I mean, you saw him <laughs> fighting in, uh, was it Shanghai in the last movie? I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't tell you. I think it was Shanghai. Or, I, I don't know. But anyway, the, him and Kong were, they dwarfed the city. I mean, the, the oh, buildings that was in were a Tokyo. like turnbuckles in a wrestling match. Yeah, that I mean, was those Tokyo. are skyscrapers, and they're just bouncing each other off of them like like they're doing wrestling moves. Yeah, I mean the dragons don't—they're not mm. even close to that size. So anyway, just my Kelvin. opinion. Kelvin. No, I, get, I get you, man. I get you. <laughs> we are on to your picks <laughs> and taste pits because this is a good one. All right, so my pick, and I'm not going to be long winded at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I, there's a lot. There's a lot on this on this person you can go see. Um, they did have a series dedicated to them on Netflix, but this is a different type of monster. I did uh, enjoy this pick, so shout out to Tay for suggesting this one because this is totally left field from anything anybody else is doing. So I always appreciate these types of ideas. My pick and Tay's pick. Yes. It's Pogo the Clown. If anybody know who Pogo the Clown is, does anybody know who oh, that is? Man, you took it to a dark. You went to a dark place. Yeah, we went dark. We went, we a, went really dark. You went. You went midnight dark. We went Pogo. midnight. Midnight. Pogo the Clown <laughs> is a a self made alias for the serial killer who, in the nineteen seventies. Murdered Ooh. at least 33 men that we and know about. boys in Norwood Park Gacy. Township near Chicago. Correct. John Wayne Gacy is the monster. And hey, he refers to himself on so many He's different TV monster. shows. And yeah. Yeah, it's worse because it's real. <laughs> it's like, this actually oh, happens. Yep, John Wayne Gacy. They don't get worse than that. <laughs> this, this actually happened. Homie was, he was a menace. <laughs> so... Um, he it's was convicted. Scary. Yes, correct. 
So he committed all of his murders in uh, house in rent in his ranch style house. Um, typically, his method was to lure his victims to his home, dupe them into putting on uh, stuff like handcuffs and demonstrating a magic trick so he can get out. Uh, yep. Then he would rape and torture his captives before killing them, either by uh, asphyxiation or by strangulation. Um, 26 of the victims were found under his home. Um, so much so, this guy did so much that the cops are still trying to put together the totality of his victims because it's just a puzzle. And his most famous phrase was, clowns can get away with anything, clowns can get away with murder. Now, John Wayne Gacy is probably the reason, if you're over 50 years old, you are probably afraid of clowns. John Wayne Gacy is why. And it's because of his method. Um, mm -hmm. There is a link that they tried to do with... Uh, What's his name? Dahmer, Jeffrey Dahmer, well, and yeah. and John Wayne Gacy. Um, the the parallel is there, but yeah, both both sick heinous crimes committed. Um, the there's LGBTQ an episode of um, there's a uh, season of American Horror Story that ties them all together. Correct, there is also the Netflix uh, show dedicated to Jeffrey Dahmer also mentions John Wayne Gacy and, mm -hmm. um, and the day he actually got executed in 1994. So there's a lot of parallel there with those, but yeah, this guy was an absolute menace and monster. But being that he was real, I did like this pick. So that is my pick for There's There's actually a show on um, Discovery ID called Most Evil. Mm -hmm. There is yep. a... Um, <clears throat> A psychologist, if no one has watched it, who actually goes through a lot of the, um, not just the most infamous serial killers, but a lot of different serial killers, and he rates them, I believe, on a scale from 1 to 21, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I think one being the most, the worst, and he takes a lot of things into consideration, like, is this premeditated? Or, you know, what, what? What, what things happen in a child. Yeah, right. there, there's method. lots of different things that they... And yeah. um, I think one of the worst ones I think he said was Bundy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ted Bundy. Was a, there's a parallel between Ted Bundy and John Wayne Gacy right. as well. Um, the level Gacy of his was intelligence was, was partly Bundy's thing. Why he was so That's, scary. Right. He was terrifying because he was so charming. Like if um, not to switch the narrative to Bundy, but he just kind of came up in my mind because I remember he was pretty high on the scale. Just that he even was charming to the uh, judge um, uh, during his trial. The judge was having a hard time saying biased or non-biased um, during the thing. But um, if I'm if I'm not uh, wrong, if somebody uh, wants to look it up and correct me, um, I believe that Gacy was higher up on the scale too because. Um, his yeah. motives and then obviously going after One. children um, was right. also makes you higher up on the scale if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's true. Yep. 
I, just a just a side note. I don't know if anyone's seen. I can't remember the name of the documentary, but there was a uh, documentary uh, film film creator that was going and interviewing different people, and he did one on Gacy. And um, mm-hmm. his his interview with Gacy was actually kind of terrifying. I mean, uh, Gacy even till the end of his days was a ruthless man. I mean, he talked about yeah, how he wanted to kill that guy in that interview in the room and how easily he could do it. And I mean, yeah, it's believable. I mean, the guy who did the documentary was scared. I mean, conversations just, with the killer on Netflix. Yeah. The depth of his evil is just, oh, okay. it's, it's hard to imagine. You see a lot of the after effects, like Dahmer repented and looked for forgiveness and he even admitted his guilt. You know, Dahmer, if you even watch any of the, like the Netflix special and stuff, Dahmer would definitely mm-hmm. di- displays many aspects of mental illness, okay? Um, yeah. uh, mental disability in certain aspects. Gacy's functioning and awareness is all there. He enjoyed his life, doing what he did for as long as he did. Yes. It wasn't like he, he tried to uh, change his ways. He enjoyed it. To the he's almost that, like possessed. You know it, what I mean? It, it, like yeah, to me, that would be like almost being otherworldly. His level of uh, di- uh, want, wanton destruction, and, and and want to hurt another man. He talks about wanting to put the. I, I can't remember exactly, but he's talking about wanting to use the chair, the edge of the chair's leg or something. You know, like the bar in the middle to choke this guy to death on the floor, in and the, watch in the, the life bleed away from him. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, that's what I he's thinking that. about sitting there with this guy. He's not thinking about the question. That? He's thinking about the opportunity to add another body to his, you know. Yeah, like, you know, I'm in a room with you, bro. Like, yeah. I mean, you see the other <laughs> ones. Like, uh, Rude. Mine Hunters does a really good job of going backtracking all these different serial killers. Yes. And uh, the yes. big the big guy at the glasses, um, I can't remember his name. The one who killed his he mother his- and. He had this fetish uh, anyway, with women. A lot of them, though, shoes. they don't express remorse completely, like the son of Sam and everyone. But they, they're they obviously done. When they're getting interviewed, they're kind of just done. You know? Oh, Deontay, you would not have squared up with him. That was a big man. Yeah, I mean, he is... He is a, a, his, even though he was old in the documentary, he still had a look in his eyes that lets you know he is he is close with death. They know each other well. He is extra- exacted that death on many a person. It's like shark I mean, eyes. He's not scared of it. To me, it, it you know what? Remind me, it was like shark eyes. Yeah, it's like soulless. So yeah, anyway. he's not there. All right, good pick. Jump into my stuff Kelvin. and bring it back to the Excellent. fictional world. After Kelvin has us all sleeping with one eye open tonight. Sorry for the downer, guys. <laughs> So I picked a couple. I got one that I'm really going to focus on, kind of. And the other two are some honorable mentions I wanted to bring up. I wanted to do something a little bit different than what we normally would talk about when we talk about movie monsters. And this guy, he only made a brief, and I do mean a very brief, appearance in the movie that I'm going to bring him up from. But he is probably one of the scariest monsters in the whole fucking movie. And that is the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, my God. 
nothing scared you worse than him putting his hands up and opening his hands and his eyeballs were in his hand. And then the droopy, pale skin. Oh, that brief second that he nightmare makes that fuel. appearance is nightmare fuel. Nightmare Absolutely. Fuel. Yes. You know what? The first time I actually watched that movie, I thought it was like a kid's movie. I did too. That's why I was totally watching wrong. it. I did too. <laughs> no, totally wrong. That movie fucked me all the way up. <laughs> and Deontay said it's a throwback film, but dude, that was 2006. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that long. Well, I say it wasn't that long ago, but it was that long ago. But it, it's almost it's 20 years. Like... <laughs> yeah. You don't... Yeah, I know, but still. Wow. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, some of us are feeling older than we should. <laughs> but that's beside the point. This, even to this day, like when I was like looking up, like, I'm like, I want to do something different. And I Googled the image of this guy. And I'm like, fuck, he is still fucking creepy as fuck to look at. And it's still, I'll have nightmares tonight about this motherfucker. Del Toro is amazing when it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, his, his it's a Gal- Guillermo he del Toro film. Is. Yeah. Which I is mean, another throwback into what Jim brought up earlier. His monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, Boom, I still love ends. this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amazing. Angel of Death in Hellboy 2. Mm. Yes. Oh my God, oh. that is such a beautiful piece of beautiful. work. I mean, it, yeah. Oh it my is. gosh, it's I terrifying but it. beautiful at the same time. Yeah. You're just like, whoa. I mean, wow. That so is yeah, what... Pan's Labyrinth was the beginning. My introduction to him. Was and Doug I was Jones. Like, oh, Doug Jones. Shit. And Doug Jones. Yep. Got to give props. Yep. Yep. That man's amazing. Doug Jones. Doug. So that's Doug my Jones. one. One big creeper that I wanted to throw out for this episode of USDN. And I had two honorable mentions I want to bring up. Both of them are very different from the Pale Man. And the first, I think the, the next one is uh, one that, man, if you want to talk about seven degrees of separation, we talk about Kevin Bacon. This is probably one of Kevin Bacon's best films, hands down. And I'm not talking about um, the dancing <laughs> movie either. I'm talking about Tremors. <laughs> Those giant fucking worms, man. Yeah. Oh, that was it. That's it was different. Ah, it was different worms. at the time. It, it, it was it scary. <laughs> the only thing scary about that movie was Reba McIntyre holding that rifle. But it still, it's it's an honorable mention for me. <laughs> and then the, my next honorable mention I'm going to throw out there is those nasty little worms from Slither. Uh, I just watched Slither, Slither again recently, uh, and it's still just as creepy today yeah. as it was when it first came out. By damn, those fucking worms are nasty little alien worms, man. Now when the people they get are. sick and they start eating a lot, they want the yes, sweat. the oh. raw meats and oh. yeah. And they're like, yeah. I'm so hungry, like to be and they're so like hungry. shoving the food in your mouth, and they're all like bloated and oh. yeah. And then that one lady ate herself oh. to like the size of a fucking barn. Yeah, oh. and I was like, "Oh, I forgot how fucking gross this movie was." That's and... James Gunn, isn't it? I love it. James Gunn. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, it is. is it? Yeah, Gunn. it's before it's he one of his did first Guardians. Sure yeah, he still has Grandpa from Guardians. Every movie James Gunn does has certain people in it all the time. Grandpa from Guardians of the Galaxy is in every James Gunn movie. No um, way. Who else is in there? Come on, Jeff. You you know you talk about Slither. Oh, um, what's his name? Um, Nathan Fillion. Yep, Nathan Fillion. And then he was in the last name? Guardians. The guy that plays uh, 
fuck. Oh, you come on. I know what you're saying. I know what you're Hang thinking. On. What's his name? Ah, uh, you know what? Fuck. He plays Gondu. Yeah, Gondu. Real name. He's in Practice. Slither. He's. The I, I know. Rooker. I know who you're talking. Michael Rooker. Yes. Yes. Michael yes. Rooker. Yes. He is yes, awesome. Thank you. That's I why Slither sure is enough. so awesome. He does such a good job in that movie. Yeah, that, it, it's definitely one that ruins your appetite because they were mm-hmm. straight up eating raw meat and. Michael oh. Rooker was the beginning of the Slither, remember? When mm-hmm. you go to the beginning of the movie. So he it was all his fault. Yep. Gone well, not really his fault. It, it come off an asteroid and landed in the yeah. middle of the woods where he found it. But call his it's ass Merle. <laughs> he is Merle. Yes. Call yeah. his ass Merle. <laughs> yes. Hey, what's but, his Merle. name in uh, Walking Dead? Merle. Uh, what's yeah. his name in uh, Slither? Merle. Isn't it Merle? No, it was um, it was another. Damn it, now I gotta Grant. look it up. Yeah. Oh shit, Grant. Man, Willie had me going. Grant. I thought his name yeah. was Merle oh, yeah. Grant. for a Grant. second. <laughs> Grant. Damn it. Okay, I got you, Jen. I got you. It's, it's Grant. I thought Willie was calling him out as Merle and no. Brother, I was like, he is Merle in The Walking Dead. Yeah. He's a Daryl's older man. brother. Michael Rigger's badass. <laughs> He is. Yeah, he was racist. Yeah, he was racist. One racist jackass. Yeah. That was Daryl's big brother. Yeah, when his ass died finally, yeah. Dude, when he was on the roof in the very first season, he's cutting his hand off. I was like, I hope that bitch dies. (laughs) 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 He's sitting there cutting your Oh, anybody who deserved to be eaten by zombies, it's him. That motherfucker. So that that's it on my side. Uh, with that, though, mm-hmm. I want to give it over to Kelvin before we actually know. I want to give it back over to Jen because she's got some horror <laughs> news updates for us. Um, Do you guys want some horror news updates? Horror updates. Okay. All right. Some horror news, my friends. So uh, the latest and the greatest about Beetlejuice 2. So there are some whispers of a release date possibly being delayed. I know. I am sad about this too, but keep in mind. Um, <clears throat> I know it was set to be released in September of 2024. We all know the stars are reprising their roles and all that fun stuff, and we know that Jenna Ortega from Wednesday is going to be um, joining Tim Burton's cast. Um, so as you know, filming started um, in May this year, and it came to a screeching halt from the SAG after a uh, strike in Hollywood. Um, unfortunately, Beetlejuice 2, uh, their release date was one of, uh, the list of Warner Brothers, um, releases that were going to be delayed, but, um, although the production can't be started again, um, and it's probably not going to be released until 2025, but good news, good news. And this comes from Tim Burton's mouth. He says that he only needs a day and a half to finish filming. Yep. Oh, so it's all just post production then. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like it. Well, they're wanting to take their time in post production. So I I think they're working on post production things, but they need a day and a half of filming. A day and a half of filming. And I think they're working. It's the strike. Yeah, I I do know that. Yeah. The sets, the full sets, have already been torn down. So whatever they're reshooting has nothing to do with the big set stuff. Because mm, okay. they rebuilt Maybe. the town in the house and yeah. everything mm-hmm. from the original right. up in Delaware. which They went back to the original location, rebuilt the house, mm-hmm. the whole nine. 
and I know that had already Shit. been torn, like put up, torn down the whole nine. That's so awesome. whatever it is they're reshooting yeah. is going to have to be studio work. Mm. Yeah, that's that's awesome though. But it's, I'm glad to see yeah. it's finally happening, and with Shanna Ortega on board, it's one of those where <laughs> I haven't seen her in anything bad recently. No, and she's so, a she's a horror movie buff too. She is. She, she likes appreciates doing it. that type of stuff. So yeah, and I can't wait for the second season of Wednesday as well. So yeah, me too. Yeah, she did a really I good job with that. I have to agree. Yeah, she brings a lot for that role. Jen, I know you she got does. more for us. I do. Let's talk about Salem's Lot. So I actually didn't yes. know that they were going to make a new Salem's Lot 2023. So um, there. There's no news about this, actually. So Warner Brothers possibly have shelved the remake of uh, Stephen mm. King's novel. Um, remember, it was brought to screen in 1979 and then 2004. Yep. Um, it was originally um, supposed to hit theaters in 2022 um, in September. But they uh, it was affected by COVID and had some post-production issues, um, went into reshoots, and then it actually lost its... Um, um, release time to Rise of the Evil Dead, which I didn't know. So they mm -hmm. chose to release Rise of the Evil Dead instead of Salem's Lot. Um, it's not really clear why Warner Brothers hasn't given Salem's Lot a release date yet. Um, in general, horror movies have been performing really well at, in the theaters. So it's kind of hopefully they give us a release date because it's kind of shooting themselves in the foot there mm -hmm. um, but the test screenings that they have done of salem's lot um have done really well so warner brothers shooting themselves in the foot oh well god I forbid know. what they've when? never done that before when? <laughs> on all fronts so the test screenings have gone well <laughs> right so the test screenings have gone well. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can just get a release date and keep now, going. Let me ask this question, like, though, yes. with Salem's Light. Do we really need another remake of it? Yes. The yes. 2004 one was. Yes. I think the 2004 didn't do as all, well because it was a TV miniseries. Or, I mean, I'm not going to complain if they re give us another one. I'm, that's yeah, I mean. The last yeah. thing I'm doing. I think it's a beloved book of Stephen King's. It's why it's, you know, people want to see it. But then. We all know Stephen King yeah. may be the king of horror novels, but the translation to the big screen doesn't always work out yeah. for him. But you I mean, this, his son is also a writer, and like he's he's very much taken the same path as his father with his whole universe interweaving itself. Mm -hmm. Jonah Hill is who I'm talking about. In case y'all yeah. didn't know who his son was, of course that's not his real name, but he also writes horror. I think he did the phone booth. If I ain't mistaken, is that the name? That I was would horrible. Know? Yeah. That was horrible. I don't know. It didn't translate to uh, the big screen. Hey, but it Jen, is, the book is I'm good. I'm one of the few people that actually liked that movie. I like the premise. I just yeah. thought that on screen, yeah. it went too... It went I, too far on screen. I will say this. Supposedly, Ooh. they are doing a phone booth too. Now, I don't think that's a good idea. That's like doing Titanic 2. Yeah. Anyway, Jen, I have a question. Salem's Lot, yeah. is that the only time Stephen King has ever had vampire, like a whole novel dedicated to vampires? I don't know. That might be That's why it's question. so loved. Because yeah. I mean, Stephen King puts out a lot of stuff, but as Maybe. far as the traditional he monster lore, Stephen King usually makes his own, you know, lore. Everything goes back right. to Castle Rock or, you know, 
along those lines, dairy, something like that. But with Salem's Lot, he took a well-known monster property and wrote Mm -hmm. a novel. You know, so that's different for King. So his only one is Salem's Lot. I just Googled it. His only one that I I found just now in a quick Google search was Salem's Lot. So that's the only time he (laughs) dabbled in vampires. Wow. I mean, mean, I'm just trying to guess. You know, that's like a rare baseball card. Yeah. (laughs) Willie, you're so right, dude. If they make a phone booth, I want to know what city that phone booth is in and who's still who's putting five dollars worth of quarters in to make a phone call. Please disconnect that fucking line ASAP and don't get your dumb ass in the phone booth. No, you deserve it. They get Pete Davidson to be in it. (laughs) You deserve whatever happens to you if you answer the phone in the phone booth. All right, Jim, what so got along the same along the same vein with Stephen King is Welcome to Derry. Um, so what I looked up as the this prequel to the amazing Stephen King book um, won't premiere on Max until 2025. Um, so remember they were filming in Port Hope, um, Ontario, with aim to be released for Halloween in 2024. Unfortunately, this is another one of our shows that's going to be slowed down by the SAG after strike. Um, now, again, I know that the strike has ended, but I remember the actors, I think, are still striking. Um, so the premiere has been pushed to 2025 now. Um, Bill Skarsgård actually said that he is not currently involved in Welcome wow. to Derry. He, he doesn't need to be really for this one because it is the prequel to what we call it. So this is right. everything leading up to it. Oh, okay. so I thought it was going to show his character like from what you saw in it, too. The, yeah, ben? that's yeah. what I was expecting, which it, yeah. I I don't know. Then I can't I see it without Bill work. Skarsgård, though. Yeah, it need, he needs that's why I was in. asking Jen. I mean, if he's not in it, are they still doing that? Jen? So <clears throat> what I can tell you is that the um, show is actually being produced um, by the sibling director producer duo Andy and Barbara uh, Muschietti or Muschetti, and those were the actual two that produced the it to it movies. Mm. So we are in good hands. So yeah. trust the process. I like trust that. the process. I, I like that. I like that they're involved because their vision from the movies comes to the show. I like that. Deep. Yeah. The new I movies won't complain. To me were amazing. No, no. Oh, yeah, I'm the Let's same. Complaining gets the us new nowhere. movies were terrifying. Yeah, they did a yeah. really good job. Bill yeah. Skarsgård's ninety percent of that scare, though. The way he's able to manipulate his face and do the facials and everything is what sells it. And you know, Curry did the same thing. Curry is what made it so fucking scary. Just, I did, that's why I wanted to ask Jen about him not being active on the thing. How are you? It could be do- a throw off. The origins of Pennywise without Pennywise because he even played that's why I was asking Jen is like in the second movie when you see the black and white photos of the carnival and everything and the guy who becomes Pennywise's body is his is Bill Skarsgård mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. playing that role so I'm like if you're going to go back and tell his origin how are you going to do that without him <clears throat> I'm not really sure. I I do think it could possibly be a throw off because 
Um, I think they so could too. eventually bring Bill Skarsgård in because I mean, mm. look, we had Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire pop in for this, you know, Spider Man. And it's coming to Max. They didn't, they didn't tell. Yes, yeah, they said it's going to be coming to Max. Oh, well, that's that's an easy fix. There's another Skarsgård that just covers Max HBO all the time. Yeah, and that's his older brother, brother Alexander. Yeah, yeah, his older brother. Yeah. Throw him in there, you could, you'd be all right. Fuck, I'll, reach I'll out to his that. dad. <laughs> reach out to his dad. He's an actor too. Yeah. You want to go further? His his wife, his his mom, his grandparents—they're all actors. Yeah, guy across the street. Yeah, yeah, he's probably kin to the Skarsgård too. I mean, that whole family is freaking actors. His dad was busy. Very. Mm. Jen, what else you got for us? Uh, so the last update I have, last update, since it sounds like that we are all Guillermo del Toro fans, I wanted to mention. Um, I actually didn't know a whole lot about this. Um, so he's doing his horror thing again, as we absolutely love. Um, he is going to be making a film based on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Now, the newest report, the newest report that we have is Andrew Garfield is going to be playing our mad scientist that we all love. Oscar Isaac's um, going to be Frankenstein. Sorry, stole it. So Oscar Isaac is going to be uh, playing um, our monster creation. And mm. Mia Goth from Infinity Pool is going to be playing our bride. Now, I um, do oh. know that... Um, the story is actually going to be uh, more of an emotional story. And mm. they're actually, it's going to be more in line with the original novel by M Mary Shelley. And there's going to be more like a father-son relationship between Dr. Frankenstein and his creation. But it's going to be out on Netflix, but there's no release date yet. They're working on it. Mm, I like that. And so there's my horror news. Because I was hey, excited about like that it. one. I read That's that not too long ago. Good information is, I mean, it's bad to hear that some of the stuff is rolled back, but it's good that it's still, you know, it's still, you know, in production. And since keep, it's Guillermo del Toro, you know, it's going to be, yeah, good. some updates. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Keep yeah, us in a loop with updates, that, Jen. That's, you know. uh, with those updates, you can yeah. check the Facebook groups between USBN and QON, <laughs> and we'll have those updates between the two. Yeah. With that, I want to give it over to Kelvin to start off our final shots and thoughts because you DFPN has had a fantastic fucking week, brother. Give it to us. Very much so. First and foremost, Jen, thank you for the updates. Uh, that's very much appreciated. So please keep us in the loop with all the horror movie updates. Um, it's a very beloved <laughs> genre uh, amongst us nerds. So thank you for that. But... I would be I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate the USDN, um, as well as Jen. You are you are one half of the Queens of Nerdum, along with Tay. Um, no gimmicks podcast, which I'm a part of, and the Smoke Pit podcast, which uh, Mac is a part of, and breaking down the classics. Um, all these shows hit the charts last week. Um, and not only hit the charts, we are still there. So we, we are we are steady staying on the charts. Um, the Queens of Nerdum peaked at uh, number 28 yesterday. Um, so 
congratulations to you guys. USDN you. was at 32. Um, Smoke Pit was at 58, I believe. And No Gimmicks was at 77. And you at, uh, Breaking Down the Classics was at 198 last time I checked. But yeah, man, listen, you guys have been killing it. Absolutely killing it. And shout out to all the fans that tune in and create constant conversation for these shows like this show. Um, since I've been in, has held a steady audience and it's growing. So I appreciate seeing the the process play out. I do. I really do. Absolutely. And when you guys, when you guys came to DFPN, like I saw your vision, I trust your vision, but to see this playing out is a is a completely different thing. So to all the shows, like you guys don't understand. <laughs> One day we will tell these the complete story of you uh of dfpn and how this thing started like it's insane so it's really insane and just to <laughs> see it just to see where we are and where i know where we're going to be going in 2024 like it is incredible so i appreciate all of you thank you for for trusting the process and executing the process so much so that we're able to see these types of results like it's it's really amazing and to the fans like i really want to i really want to give you guys all the flowers in the world because as much as we we work behind the scenes and trust me we communicate every single day on how to bring you the best show but Without you guys tuning in and without you guys giving us like there's people and what's unique to this is there's people in this chat that are in any other chats that we have on the network. So it (laughs) speaks to it speaks to the power that you guys have to pull your own audience like it's fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? And Godzilla agrees. (laughs) It's it's amazing to see it play out, man. So. Thank you to the fans for tuning in and giving us your time because I, it's think, the I think we had a fan also call for a shot there, Black. I guess, I guess we can. We I, can think we <laughs> I think we should. I think we should. You're gonna have to give me a second. But yeah, it's uh, like my... it's 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 amazing, man, and it's just a testament to to all the work that you guys have done. So keep grinding, um, keep growing. And I know what this is going to be um, in the long run, and it's something special. So I very much look forward to the day where USDN and Queens of Nerdum can oh, be at a Comic-Con, and uh, they can they can do these shows interviewing high-level people from a Comic-Con. So I, I know that's where this can go. But I look forward to that day. I'm going to manifest Every fucking chance I get, I am applying (laughs) to... If it comes local, I'm applying to it. I'm trying to get a... I am going to manifest that. Bro, get your shot. I got it. You got it, bro? I got it. Hey, uh, were you just talking about uh, going to something local there? Jeff, I I missed it. I was running a shot. um, So I did apply for the Richmond Indie Comic Expo. 
held at uh, VCU. We did not get the panel and we did not get a booth. It was apparently very heavily sought after this year. It has grown a lot, supposedly. But I'll try again next year. Right. And That's all you can do. We have uh, plenty, of, plenty of other shows. Many others coming up. And you best believe I'll apply for those too. So with that, this time, no, this time next year, you probably won't even have to apply. They'll they will call. be calling us. So here's to that. So here's to that. Here's to DFPN, here's- all the shows, all the hard work, and especially to the fans and the viewers and the members. Thank you very much. Thank you. Salud. 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 So with all that great stuff from Kelvin. I will say uh, USDN Presents All Hallows Eve number one will hit the airways live on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast from on Tuesday afternoon. Um, this episode will follow the week after. And stay tuned. We got, oh, by the way, if you haven't noticed already, the Queens deserved their own space to do their thing. They have their social media right now. It is live. You can go over there, give them a like and a follow. Ladies and gentlemen, they are one like away from 100 people. Somebody go over there. If you haven't already done it, tap that fucking button and let's get them to 100. And then after that, let's aim for 200. Yep. Absolutely. This is good for everybody here on the network. Yeah, um, for one, I'm extremely proud of everything that Jen and Tay are doing over there. And with that, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to our fifth episode. Watch the USDN page for updates. I know QON is live November 16th with episode 6. 18th. 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 My bad. The 18th. I got the invite today, so thank you. We will be discussing... Uh, at. 9 p.m. Eastern time. 9 p.m. Eastern. Eight, eight. Going 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Okay. And then I think uh, USDN's next one. I'm not sure about yet. I will figure that out and I'll let you know on the page. Um, we still have an interview series that we're working on. I'm going to start uh, probably doing those again later. I'm probably looking at having Drew Moss back on. Oh, Drew's got questions he needs to answer. He does have some questions he needs to answer. <laughs> exactly. Well, not and honest. not only that, he, I, I want some good news on Thundercats because I know he he just got picked up for Thundercats. Uh, so I'm looking forward that, to that. No, that's, uh, that's mandatory. Drew. The art that is mandatory so far. So with yes. that, a special thank you goes out to the DFPN podcast group for all the love and support they always give to us. As always, we want your feedback, so please tell us what you enjoy about the shows, what you didn't enjoy about the show, and it can't be me because I'm an enjoyable person sometimes. <laughs> and uh, hit that like, subscribe, share button, and do the same over on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is USDN approved. Yeah.